Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. My guest today is Michael Rutledge. Michael is the Chief Information Officer of Citizens Financial Group. He oversees all aspects of the bank's technology environment, from customer and client-facing applications to the people, processes, and infrastructure supporting Citizens' day-to-day -day business operation. Prior to his current role, Michael was the Group Chief Information Officer at American Express. Michael, welcome to Technovation. It's great to speak with you today. Thanks, Peter. Delighted to be here. And now for a word from our partner, Zoho, and the company's president, Timothy Casby. Prior to taking on his current role, he was the chief information officer of a number of companies, including Reliance Industries, Sears, Intrexon, and the Warehouse Group. He's now at Zoho, a most unusual enterprise software company, and wanted to share some perspectives from it. Timothy, take it away. Thanks, Peter. Since we started our partnership with you a couple of years ago, we have seen increase of 30 million users on our cloud, totaling now to over 70 million users in the global enterprise using Zoho SaaS platform to run their businesses. One of the reasons for this growth is continuous innovation we have focused on in bringing together disconnected and siloed processes under the platform called Zoho One. Zoho One Suite offers over 50 products to run your business. We have now powered it with Zia, our AI assistant, and Zoho's BI analytics platform. This allows users to speak the same language across departments and organizations through predictions and insights the platform provides. Learn more at zoho.com slash one. Thanks, Timothy. And now on to the interview. Wonderful. Well, Michael, I, I listed a little bit of your purview as Chief Information Officer, um, and I wonder if you could take a moment to maybe add a little bit more detail as to some of the areas that you and your team focus on. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I, uh, so I joined Citizens almost three years ago now. Uh, I report into the CEO, uh, Bruce Van Son, and uh, I sit on the uh, operating committee, top operating committee of the company, which we call Exco. Uh, which I think, you know, was partly what attracted me to, to, to come to Citizens. I think Bruce had a vision that he saw that you know, technologies was going to play a leading role in the transformation for the bank. And certainly I, I oversee all aspects of technology uh, at the bank. So from uh, all the, all the uh, new capability delivery to the infrastructure to the architecture, uh, I oversee the data engineering teams as well. So, um, yeah, so it's a great role, interesting role, partner really closely with the business uh, heads uh, to really deliver new capabilities and ensure the systems are, uh, are up and running 24-7. That's wonderful. And I know um, you're in the throes of what you refer to as the next-gen tech transformation program to enable business aspirations. Uh, and I wonder if you could talk a little bit about um, how that's brought to life. A little bit of context there and some of the substance of it, if you would. Yeah, no, absolutely. So once again, you know, um, really wanted to start with a vision and a strategy and lay out a plan. Uh, and that was endorsed by the board. Uh, and it was a you know, three and a half year transformation program that really was uh, centered on five pillars. One was moving to an agile environment. Two was introducing APIs and building blocks. Uh, three was really uh, upskilling our engineering talent. Four was around looking at our tech cost transformation and how could we move to the cloud, lower our data center infrastructure costs. And the fifth was 
what I'd like to call protecting the core. So from a cyber perspective, from an availability perspective, um, you know, really making sure that, that we have a solid foundation there. Uh, and, you know, I think, listen, in, in two and a half years since we really started this, I think we've been enormously successful. We, uh, we partnered with the business. Um, we, uh, we implemented what we call a modern operating model, which really was not only looking at how does technology become agile, but how does the business transform to become agile? So how do we grow the right product owners? How do we get that mindset? So we're delivering MVP releases. And we've really seen in the course of two and a half years, pivot from projects that we're taking, frankly, up to three years to smaller incremental programs. And, and just one example of that, you know, in our mobile, which is a fully cloud native application up and running on AWS, We've launched over 970 different features this year, just in eight months. So just an example of what we've been able to do with, uh, with Agile. In addition, that same platform is using 15 enterprise RESTful APIs. And you know, that's 15 of 100 APIs that we've developed so far at the bank. And our goal is to program a, a, a library of about 200 reusable APIs that we can use across all the different uh, teams. And that really centered around the third pillar, which was really upskilling our talent. So what we really focused on was we created a set of engineering academies. And these were nine, 10-day boot camps that we put our colleagues through. And, and these were colleagues who maybe didn't know the most up-to-date technology. They, they weren't full-stack engineers. But these are all people with technical backgrounds. They have computer science degrees. They may be coded, uh, you know, uh, coded in COBOL or C+. But you know, they were able to learn Java, and they were able to learn over 30 different technologies. And it was really 150 colleagues have gone through that program, and it's really been well-received. Uh, in parallel to that, we did a massive hiring of engineering talent. So we frankly replaced some of the business the roles that we had and really brought in more engineering talents, uh, people with cloud native experience, full engineering stack uh, experience. So, um, and that's really made a, a significant difference as well. And then fourthly, we've been looking at moving to the cloud. So, you know, we were very uh, sort of package driven. We were very using our own data center. We had very little in the cloud and we really doubled down on our cloud uh, migrations. So we've got over 100 applications now in, within the cloud. It's significantly reducing our cost. At the same time, we've been able to build in automation that is actually making it, improving the controls that we have in that environment. So from a security perspective, from a risk perspective, I have confidence that we're at higher levels than we did in our legacy environment. And that leads into the fifth pillar. Of course, all these are connected which is protecting the core, protecting against cyber. So we have a multi-layered uh, strategy against cyber threats. Uh, and we've really, I think in the last two and a half years, done a, done a great job of that. And also done a great job of improving availability of our, of our systems. 
that's a great overview, Michael. I appreciate you you covering it in such detail. And as you as you pointed out, it really brings to life the interconnectedness between the five pillars, which I'm sure strengthens each. Um, there's there's a lot there. I'd love to dive further into. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that um, part of what you were doing is fostering agility across the entire enterprise, and I wonder to what extent you see IT. In, in, in some ways across all that you've described as being the kind of the leading edge of showing the rest of the organization what is to come or where business is heading as a result of uh, more sophisticated use of digital technologies, modern technologies, uh, uh, modern skill sets, et cetera. Um, talk a bit about the impact on the broader organization of the transformation that, uh, that you've led in IT. Yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, I think, we were able to demonstrate that in, in, in certain areas. So, for example, you know, um, following uh, the pandemic, you know, we've, we've been on this journey, but, you know, one of the great examples where I think technology was able to lead and really show the business what we were capable of doing is we had to set up a program uh, to be able to offer our small businesses and corporate customers PPP loans in a very rapid amount of time. You know, it was announced one week by the government and we needed those capabilities in the market in less than a couple of weeks. And we were able to develop a set of APIs and uh, get to market, partner with the Small Business Administration, link to their websites and, you know, uh, really bring a capability to life within a very short amount of time. We're able to do over six billion uh, in loans uh, to our customers and really help our clients during this during this time. I think it's a great example of where we're able to show that we're able to get to market very very quickly and leverage some of the new technology that we just started really uh, enabling. So it really gave us a good opportunity to uh, to do that. You mentioned also um, enhancing the engineering talent and tools. And part of that is the, the, the training that you provide. It, it sounds like a very sophisticated um, uh, upskilling that you are fostering uh, through, through some of the, the training modules that have been developed. But you also mentioned that um, you, you've, you've been fairly successful, at least on the, with the war for talent, if you will. Uh, it is really quite a, a dynamic uh, environment right now to, to hire great people and, and, and very difficult in some quarters. Uh, the fact that, 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 uh, you at uh, Citizens have actually um, done some good things in this area. I wonder if you could talk a bit about some of the some of the methods you have used, uh, coupled with the, the 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 reasons why yours has been an attractive destination for great people. Yeah, I think there's there's a there's a number of reasons, but one is I think this tran this transformation that we're on. You know, uh, uh, engineers love working on exciting new programs, right? So I think. They recognize that you know, we were moving to the cloud, we were developing APIs, um, you know, we've really brought in probably 30 new technologies. So there's a lot of interest, I think, in just learning and, and being involved in, uh, you know, in some of that uh, new technology. I think the other opportunity we provided that, that probably, you know, we, I really wanted to build up the engineering muscle so we could do much more in-house development. So we've been able to replace some vendor solutions. We've been able to completely rewrite them from the bottom up 
as cloud native applications. And, and we've done that in, you know, in under a year uh, at some pretty complex uh, applications with literally millions of lines of code. And I think people are excited about that. They, they you know, they're excited about taking a product and, and from beginning to end and delivering that and something that is so much superior to what was there before. Uh, the other aspect is we've, we've frankly uh, changed our location strategy. So predominantly we were hiring from, uh, you know, we're headquartered in Rhode Island. We have offices in Boston. We were primarily hiring in the Northeast and we've actually now grown us and we still, that's still our primary hiring location, but we've also pivoted and are now hiring in Phoenix, in Dallas, in Charlotte. And uh, we, have, we have business teams there, but we, we haven't had tech groups there before. And that's allowed us as well to, to, to not only, um, you, know, uh, you know, it's allowed us to diversify our hires as well because those, those areas tend to be have more uh, diverse population. So it's been a, been a win-win from that perspective. That's fantastic. I want to, can you talk a little bit about um, further about the, uh, the curriculum that you've put together for, for the, the training modules that you referenced before? I, I, I've uh, only in a few, a few cases, I think some real leaders have begun to think about this means of uh, ensuring that there is this, you know, agility of skill sets and building the skills of tomorrow as opposed to resting on the laurels of the skills of yesterday uh, and the importance to constantly seek and push uh, to, to, to upskill one's capabilities in order to remain, you know, kind of relevant and, and, uh, within the, within a modern business, talk a bit about the methods that you've used or, you know, the, the, the partners that you have put together to deliver that. Yeah, we, um, you know, we developed a in-house engineering academy program. And as part of that, it was a, the first week was uh, just, uh, you know, typical classroom sort of, uh, you know, presentations. But then the next eight weeks was actually building uh, a, a set of code. So the great thing was it, it, it got these people immediately immersed in, you know, developing APIs, developing, you know, on Java, using our DevSecOps pipeline, using the testing tools that we've been able to, as we've built the next generation technology, leveraging new database technology. So instantly, you know, they were, we were drinking our own champagne, as it were. We put all that, uh, that together. Uh, and we did partner with one of the consultancy companies to help us kickstart that. Uh, they've done this before other clients, but I think we really took it to the next level and have really, uh, really, you know, really furthered it. And it's been very, very successful. The other piece of that, that was a 10 week program, as I said, which, which takes a lot of, of time and commitment. We also did what we call lightning academies, which were more small focused, but only for two weeks. So we did a, a lightning academy on architecture. We did a lightning academy on cloud. So with the Lightning Academy on APIs. So very focused for two weeks of just immersion of, uh, of some of our architects and engineering talent. Um, the other thing we've done is boot camps. So we've actually uh, done 300 days of boot camps. And these are where our colleagues actually do the training. We take our, our subject matter experts and they 
they talk about you know the cloud or they talk about uh, you know what they you know uh, microservices or so we take these different experts and we've had just terrific participation in that. Uh, the final piece that we that we've done is we've created this certification program and badges. So which actually our, our employers have really once again really embraced. So we've had uh, over four hundred uh, badges completed so far. And these are on these badges are on architecture, on the cloud, on cryptocurrency, uh, and uh, you know they're they're a combination of mostly online classes. Once again, we partnered with a, a company providing us with these online classes. We've done uh, AWS certification programs, Microsoft certification programs, so partnering with the big cloud providers to use what was already there and frankly get people industry certified, which uh, they've enjoyed as well. So um, a very broad, I would say, uh, you know, uh, learning program, which, uh, you know, our, our colleagues have really embraced and uh, are really taking the time to do, which is, uh, and everyone's busy. So it's terrific that they're really taking that in their own hands and doing it. That's really wonderful. I wanted to also ask you about the uh, API-enabled platform as a service uh, offering that yeah. you've been putting together as well. That sounds incredible, you know, very compelling. Certainly representative again of where technology is going. Uh, in many ways, also kind of is 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 part of the de-risking de uh, that the protect the core would suggest as well. Again, but talking about some of the bonds between the pillars uh, or the, the the common support that each provides the other. Um, talk a bit about for those who may be watching or listening, uh, Michael, who are uh, several rungs lower than you are in the ladder of maturing towards the development of APIs. Can you talk a bit about the process of getting started and building momentum in that direction? Um, you know, how did how did you do so? How did you both make the case for it and explain it? What, what is an esoteric uh, topic for many? Uh, explain the rationale behind it and then build momentum toward it. Yeah, it's a it's a great question. I think uh, you know, one I think there's fairly good. Uh, recognition even at a senior level that you know they, they've, they've read and they've seen they've heard about apis and that certainly you know i think uh it's something that, that people refer to as part of the modern modern stack so i think it's it's something that is is, is familiar but really to be to be honest we just got started and we you know we, we delivered some enterprise apis that could rapidly be used across across the different groups and then, you know, we set OKRs for that. Well, we said, you know, we're going to have, you know, 50 in the first year, 100 by the second year, you know, 150 by the third year. So, uh, and, and, you know, I think the fact that we've been able to demonstrate reusability of those across the, across the company uh, has really helped. And also we've built them on top of, as you said, our platform as a service layer. So, which really allows us to really, you know, unleash the productivity of our engineers because they can reuse a lot of code, you know, longer than monitoring code that has already been built, you know, so different user entitlements that has already been built. So, you know, we've been able to build both microservices and APIs that now really get a tremendous amount of reuse around. And we track that, we show the reuse, we show how many of these APIs have been used by multiple business lines. We show the volume that's going through that on a, on a daily basis and, and where every month we show, you know, how much greater usage we're getting out of those APIs. 
So I think it just, it's helped certainly uh, enable the broader usage. That's great. Michael, is there an example of, of something you've built with using next generation technology that you're particularly excited about? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we referred to uh, the, the platform as a service environment earlier that is really helping us unleash engineers. And, and we've delivered a, a product that we're calling LAS, Lending as a Service. And it's a cloud native platform that we built from the ground up. And it's going to be used across our businesses. We're starting with student lending, rolling out the mortgage business, rolling out to cards, and then we roll it out to our overall loan business. And I'm really excited about it because uh, it really leverages everything that we wanted to build. It's, it's leveraging 22 enterprise APIs, 32 uh, microservices. Uh, it was built on our on our PaaS platform, and, and it's also using DevSecOps. So we're able to... Uh, you know, reduce our testing time from 70 minutes to three minutes of testing automatically overnight. We're able to test over 2 million lines of code. So, um, you know, it's, it's just been a really impressive, uh, uh, you know, platform. And the business are really pleased with what it's enabled for them because we've really reduced the friction for our customers. So, you know, previously, we had to manually load 24 different types of documents. Now that is fully automated. So you no longer have to fax in your uh, students, um, you know, uh, proof of, of student graduation or an income statement or a, uh, a company tax return if you're a corporation. We can automatically get that information with appropriate customer consent and bring it in through a set of, uh, of APIs. Um, we're also able to pre-fill a lot of information, which once again, saves our customers time. And we're able to do automatic notifications. So things like disclosures, terms and conditions, we're able to automatically send to our customers. So I think it's just a terrific example of where we're leveraging next-gen technology to really improve the customer experience, improve the end-to-end -end journey for our customers. That's great. Well, uh, Michael, if I have my math correct, in seven years, the company will celebrate its 200th uh, birthday. Uh, this is one of the older companies in, in the country. And you're describing a modernization across a variety of different areas uh, that uh, no doubt has been in process for quite some time. Uh, but the but but the the process of modernizing uh, an older organization um, obviously comes with its and I should say at scale as well an, an enormous organization um, with with all the many advantages of its history of its of its uh, big customer base of the its its um, products and services over many many decades multiple centuries now. Um, you talk a little bit about uh, that process of modernization and the extent to which, um, you know, how you think about sort of the, the building blocks to get to fully modernizing uh, as, as complex uh, an entity as this? Yeah, it's, it's definitely been a culture change. Mm. So I think, uh, you know, we've had to really think from, you know, how, how are we changing people's mindsets? You know, there really wasn't, frankly, when I joined, 
that there wasn't a great relationship between the business and the technology organization. There, there, wasn't, there wasn't the trust there that there needed to be. And, uh, you know, we really worked on that. We really worked on making sure that we had a really close working relationship uh, with, our, with our businesses at, at, at all levels. And that's made a huge difference. You know, from the very beginning, I said, we can't, we can't move forward with Agile without moving lockstep, you know, with the business. We have to do it together, jointly. And, and really, that's, that's really happened. So I think that's, that's one of the, you know, fundamental changes. Uh, as I said earlier, there's been top-down support. The CEO, the, the whole of the operating committee of the, of the company recognized that we had to change. We had to pivot to a more agile delivery uh, environment. And we frankly had to get more out of the investments that we have. You know, if you look at the scale of our investments compared to a Chase, compared to a Bank of America, we're never going to be able to spend tens of billions of dollars, frankly, that, that those companies spend. So how can we make sure that we're doing things smarter, that we, are, we can still compete uh, and, and that's by, you know, by moving to the, the agile operating model, by leveraging the scale that we have, frankly, we are able to move, I think, more nimbly because we are smaller. You know, we're US-based, even though we're, we're expanding nationally now, you know, we're, we, we don't have a global footprint. So it makes it a little easier to do some of those, some of those things. That makes sense. Well, as you as you look to the future, Michael, I'm wondering what trends excite you. As you think, sort of two or three years out, are there some trends that are on the rise that uh, that you you anticipate uh, investing in and leveraging? Yeah, I, you know, some of it is is frankly getting the basics right. Right. So I still we you know we've had an initiative called War on Paper, which you know if you think about the mortgage business that we run, you think about auto loans. You think about just, just getting a loan, so much paper, right? So how can we, you know, how can we replace that? And our customers don't want to. So how can we move that online? How can we do mobile first? So I think, you know, one, it helps our, the, the friction with our customers. It makes it easier for them to do business with. Uh, it reduces our costs. So it helps from that perspective. And we've seen it, it grows revenue. So I think mobile will continue. We will continue. That's a trend. Yes, it's, it's not necessarily the new trend, but it's, I think adoption of mobile is going to continue to increase at a very you know, rapid pace. You know, um, you know, we like to call it bank in your pocket, right? So uh, ideally, we want to move all the functions that you can do in a branch onto your phone. And then you want to, you know, so... I think that will that trend will continue, and it'll get you know will will get better. Um, I think you know when you look at things like the contact center, there's a lot more that we can be doing in terms of artificial intelligence. You know, uh, serving our customers either through voice or through chatbots, and I think that technology will continue to get better. Certainly, the the machine with the vast amounts of data that we have the machine learning will continue to get better. You have to train that over time. It's not something that, that you can implement overnight. But I think, you know, when you think about the cost of data and how it's gone down, you think about how everybody's centralizing their data into data lakes now so that they have all of their customer information in, 
in a consolidated uh, spot. I think that's going to make a huge difference. And I think I see lots of innovations coming out there in the in the AI and uh, ML space, and uh, we're we're definitely at the forefront of some of that and trying to push some ideas uh, on that. Well, Michael Rutledge, thank you so much for joining me on Technovation today. It's been a great conversation covering this remarkable transformation that you've led uh, across the past two and a half years. I appreciate you sharing your perspectives and the substance of, of that transformation. It's been a great conversation. Thank you, Peter. Thanks for being a great host. <laughs> thank you.